morning and welcome to our service online or here in person. Um, I'm excited you are here. I really like the fact that Chris starts with our vision and values each week. And the reason is each of us ought to have a vision, which normally is the future state we hope to achieve. Our mission normally tells us how we get there, okay? And then our values are our uncompromising things we do day to day that help achieve that vision. I used to have five values, and I wrote them on a three by five card I had in my desk. So every morning I would look at that card and realize, for example, God was important to me. I'm not going to compromise that today, okay? Integrity is important to me. I'm not going to compromise that. My family, I don't plan to compromise my family. So I really like the fact that Chris covers this. And I always say, if you are in a place of employment or a place of worship that shares your vision, your values, God has you in the right place. And support it. Get on board. Support that, okay? To quote Chris Thomas, Chapter 11 is one of my favorite chapters. <laughs> um, it is, though, because we talk about heroes of faith in that chapter. And it's an interesting chapter because it, it talks about some very specifics, eight specific heroes. Chris covered a few of them. Then it says, well, I don't have enough time to write about these five additional ones. But that then includes the prophets. Those who by faith cross the Red Sea. So there's a lot of them. So the question is, who are your heroes of faith? Are they here today? Do you have heroes of faith in this church? I believe they're here. I really do. I see them. I hear them. The biggest question is, though, will anyone talk about you and me as a hero of faith? Am I a hero of faith? And you know, I, I, the title to the message today is really, How Big Is My God and How Big Is My Faith? But before, and I know those two are extremes, but before we start, let me have a short prayer. Father God, I am not worthy to be here today. I humbly ask for your Holy Spirit. I'm not a seminary graduate. I'm not a great speaker. I'm not even a subject matter expert. But I ask that your Holy Spirit show your power through my weakness. In Jesus' name, amen. So how big is my God? You know, I'm an engineer and a scientist, and I, I realized that in college, as you get into a subject like nuclear engineering, thermodynamics, heat transfer, you name the subject, you study it for a few years and you realize how little you know. Isn't that true? And that's a true with God too. The deeper we get, the deeper and the more we learn, we come to a point where we go, there's a lot more here than I ever thought, and including the message today. So I mean, I'm not a subject matter expert, but I will share some things with you that God spoke to me about, and I want you to dig deeper and find out, is that true? <laughs> is that really right? Or do, do I want to challenge it? 
um, what I hope to, well, let me just back up. The heroes of faith, what is unique about the heroes of faith? About this whole list, what, why are they there? And something that popped out at me is the heroes of faith were in tune with God. They understood God's command, didn't they? You know, obviously some of them got a more clearer message. When a bush is on fire and God speaks out of a bush, that's pretty clear. He doesn't always speak to me that clearly. But they were in tune with God and they heard God. And number two, they acted on it. They did something about their faith, didn't they? I'd like to review a few verses that we have gone through before, okay? I'm going to use a New Living Translation. It's just because I've used it for 20 years. It's my personal Bible. I love to study. I love to read that Bible. And so I'm going to share from that Bible, okay? Hebrews um, um, 10.36, okay? Patient endurance is what you need so that you may continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all that he has promised. Hebrews 10.39 But we are not like those who turn away from God and their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Hebrews 6 verse 12 uh, Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of the faith and the endurance they had. So we're following these, okay? I realize as a result of Adam's sin, we fell into what I call total depravity. In other words, we fell away from God and we're incapable of hearing God without the Holy Spirit. And my prayer this morning was for the Holy Spirit to be here. And our prayer should every day be about the Holy Spirit. Please make it clear to me what you are telling me. It's the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 10, verse 10. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all times. Another title of this message could be Knowing and doing God's will. How do we know God's will? And I, I was hoping to cover it in four different categories. One, what is God's will? Two, how do I know God's will? Three, so what? What's the results of doing God's will? And four, some practical steps for us starting today to know and to do God's will. We'll start with what is God's will. Um, I know what God's will is not. Let me put it that way, okay? I know God's will is not sin or the consequences of sin. I know this could be a little controversial, but I'm going to tell you that God, I don't think it was God's will that Adam and Eve were tempted by Satan and followed him rather than God. I don't think it was God's will that Cain killed Abel. So not everything that happens you can say is God's will. Although I had, was with a group the other day and I said, how many believe God's will is always done? And half the people raised their hand. And I said, guess what? How you answer that is probably correct. 
If you say it's always done, you're probably talking about God's sovereign will. He knows our future. He is coming back. Nothing's going to change that, okay? He's living forever with us. God's sovereign will will happen. We're not going to change it. But the Bible doesn't always make it clear about, is this sovereign will or my will? Because I truly believe being created in God's image, we have a will to choose to seek it and do it or not. We can choose to do it or not. Okay? I don't mean to underplay God's sovereign. I truly believe that, okay? But the heroes of faith, the heroes of faith, wait a minute, I'm going to back up. I missed something here. I'm on 11. Um, that's what the heroes of faith did, okay? They spent time with God. God wants a personal relationship with us, okay? It is clear. Chris talked about it. Wes talked about it last week. God wants an intimate relationship with us. We have gone through Hebrews and we learned that Jesus is sovereign to everything, right? I mean, the prophets, the kings, the heroes of faith. He's supreme. He's at the highest position of heaven. Highest position of heaven. And he wants to have an intimate relationship with me, Larry. That blows my mind. That blows my mind that God wants to have a relationship with me. Religion is about relationships, not religion. Okay, I'm sorry. God wants relationships with us. I, I skipped the part. I'll just come back to it a bit about how big is my faith. I know it's not the size of a mustard seed because Jesus said, if it were the size of mustard seed, I could tell this mulberry tree or this mountain to be relocated in the sea. Now, I, I, I have not relocated much lately. <laughs> I'm incapable of relocating. So I guess it's smaller than a mustard seed, okay? But I look at these heroes of faith that I truly believe that they didn't start out with a huge faith, but they grew it. And I want to grow it like the heroes of faith grew their faith. Step by step, following God. And the other thing the heroes of faith did is they followed God in spite of the reward. Most of them never received the reward that was promised in this lifetime. They really didn't. Okay? But they received their heavenly reward. And that's where their eyes were fixed on, their eternal reward with Jesus Christ, not an earthly reward. Let's see, i got to figure out where I'm at here. I thought I'm going to follow this. <laughs> okay. God wants this personal, intimate relationship with us. He asks us to join him. And let me tell you, there is no intimate relationship built without a commitment and without time. You know, how do you have an intimate relationship with your spouse without spending time with them or dedicating effort to them? And it's the same with God, isn't it? If we're going to have an intimate relationship, then we better get on our knees and come before God and say, God, I know 
You want to have this relationship. I want to have it too. I need you to initiate it, okay? I promise to do two things. I promise that I'm going to daily come and ask you, and I'm going to promise you I'm going to do my best to follow whatever you reveal to me. I'm going to do my best, okay? I truly believe that God's will, I'm going to try about 13 over here. I'm lost, but <laughs> it's got to be a daily pursuit, and it's a commitment of the heart. You know, Proverbs says, uh, above all, guard your heart, for it's a wellspring of life. And I truly believe that it's our heart that determines what we say, do, act. And so it's a heart issue. Is my heart committed to God that I want to have this relationship, that I want to talk to him every day? It takes effort. It's going to take effort. It's going to take a commitment or a discipline for me every morning to get in my Bible, and to get on my knees and pray to him, saying, God, I want this relationship. Show me the steps I need to take today to have this relationship with you. How do I personally know God's will? I truly believe that God has a purpose and a reason for each of our lives. He put us here. Why does God knew me before creation. I was part of the sacrifice Jesus made for me. And he puts me here in 2023. What's my purpose? Why am I here today? And why? what does God want me to do today? Because he put me here, his purpose. And I need to dedicate time finding that out and making a commitment that I am going to do it, no matter how big the sacrifice. Many times when we're seeking God's will, what we're really asking is, God, would you approve what I plan to do? I plan to marry this lady. Would you approve it? And sometimes we even go to the extent, and I'll confess, we say, God, if this is not your will, put some obstacle in my way. Prevent me from doing this, God, because I want to follow your will. You know, first of all, it says don't tempt God. Is it right to even ask for a sign? But God will reveal his will to us, I'm so convinced. But we need to seek it. We need to want it. We need to do it. We need to pray for his will to be done. And then we need to seek it in Scripture God's will is not a mystery. I think I'm about 16. Okay? Um, it's for us to find out. If doing God's will is so important to God, is it a mystery? Is he going to hide it from us? No, he's not. He's going to reveal it to us. But he probably won't reveal it unless you ask him about it. And, and after you ask, if he shares, do it. It's that simple. I think it's really that simple, okay? I pray each morning that the Holy Spirit will reveal to me what God wants me to do today. Okay? I think God's will is a choice for me. I can choose to do it or I can choose to ignore it. 
I think as I read Scripture, I am very humbled by Scripture. Let me just read a couple other. John uh, 5, verse 17 says, But Jesus replied, My father is always working, and so am I. So Jesus explained, Tell me the truth. The son uh, can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees his father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does. So the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show you how to do even do greater things. I have a question. How did Jesus know and do God's will perfectly? He, number one, you say, oh, he was God. We read in Hebrews that for a while he was made lower than the angels. Who are 2 verse 9. So he was human like we are human. I find it interesting that when he starts his ministry, they refer to him as a rabbi. Well, what was required of a rabbi? Number one, they had to memorize the first five books of the Bible by the age of 12. How would you like to memorize numbers? <laughs> Uh, and we're, it's the first time we hear about Jesus' boyhood in the temple, sharing at the age of 12. They then went with under rabbis and other teachers and went through the Psalms and the Proverbs and the Old Testament prophets. And then they finally became a rabbi at age 30. Guess when Jesus' ministry starts? So he didn't have three years of seminary. He had 30 years of training. 30 years to prepare for his temptation by Satan to do his ministry. And the second thing, did Jesus pray? <laughs> you know, he prayed every day. I'm convinced, it doesn't say this, but I'm convinced every day he went to the Father and said, show me exactly what you want me to do today. And I will follow it. I promise you, I will follow it. So Jesus set the example, okay? So we need to have a heart to understand God's will and to do it. God speaks to me, number 20. Um, God speaks in a number of ways, okay, to us. And they're different for each one of us. But God speaks through Scripture. The Old and New Testament are full of God's commands. We think of God's commands as uh, Ten Commandments. That's just the touch of the iceberg, okay? God speaks through Scripture. The Old and New Testament, through his prophets, he speaks through his Holy Spirit, uh, our D group always circles. Every time we come across the Holy Spirit, circle it in your Bible. You'll be blown away at how many times it talks about the Spirit and the Holy Spirit opening our hearts and our minds through prayer and through communication. How do I develop an intimate relationship with this God unless I'm walking and talking and sharing with him and reading his scripture? And then I'm supposed to say, well, God, what's your will? <laughs> you know, he will open his heart, his mind, his thoughts on what exactly is his will, okay? Circumstances, God incidents. My wife calls them God incidents. Uh, you know, it's after the fact you realize, 
wow, that was kind of miraculous that it. God was really there. You know, I used to pray for, one time I started praying for, I want one of these today, God. Would you show me one? They're there. Two. I'm going to push this a little bit further, okay? But what I pray for now is that God open my eyes, open my heart, because they're all around me. Whether I go shopping, whether I go to the gas station, God opens doors for us all the time. It's up to us to see them, to hear them, and capitalize on the opportunity to do God's will. He speaks to us through people, through circumstances, through our interaction. He speaks through us through our worship. Let me tell you, today, I came here today and several guys came and prayed with me and I go, wow, isn't it neat to have brothers and sisters who care for you and pray for you and support you? Our churches have a very important role in understanding and doing God's will. In the early church in Acts 2, 46, had all the believers and the, they paid attention to the apostles' teaching. Okay? They worshipped together. They spent time together. They had fellowship together. Number uh, 21, Matthew 12, verse 50. Jesus says, Anyone who does my will um, of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, my mother. You know, and, and James comes along and slaps us fairly hard, doesn't he? James comes along and says in James 2, verse 26, Just as the body is dead without breath, also faith is dead without good works. What does faith do by itself? And let me just go on. 1 John 2, verse 3 and 6, 3 to 6, it says that we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands, that person is a liar and is not living in truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know that we're living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Luke 9, 23, then he said to the crowd, If anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Are you willing to pick up your cross daily? Are you praying, God, show me your will today, and I'll, I'll take a step in faith. I'll take a step in faith. I found two documents on the internet. The first is 52 Commands of Jesus. And I have a sheet in the lobby there if you want to pick one up and read it. 52 Commands of Jesus, like repent, like follow me. Worship God only. Do not tempt God. Rejoice. And there's where all of these are found. I found another document on the internet and this this is what it looks like in the lobby. You're welcome to pick one up. But this one is kind of mind-blowing, okay? It's 1,050 New Testament commands. 
Well, that's kind of interesting. There, are, it's categories. So there's like 80 categories. Three S. S can you receive? Like 74 Bs. Be of good cheer. 30 nots. Do not be like the hypocrites. 14 bewares. Beware of false teachers. Six groups to honor, like fathers and mothers and widows. Four things to flee from. Fornication, adultery, trust, lust. Ten things to follow. Christ's love, faith. Seven things about giving. It's commanded. How about a hundred lets? Let your light shine. Let your conversation. Okay, how about... Um, let no man deceive you. 42, let us. Let us walk in honesty. Follow the things of peace. Come boldly to the throne. Four things to seek. God's kingdom. God in prayer. There are about 16 pages of these, okay? Eight printed on two sides. If you read 30 a day, it takes you Three years to get through just this list of commands in the New Testament. And when I went through most of them, my conclusion was, don't tell me I don't know what God's will is. He is just flooding me with this information. And, and I, I can't ignore it. I'm sorry I can't ignore it. The question is, Will I commit to doing God's will like the heroes of faith did? Am I willing to do it? Let me just tell you, there are times when I don't pray very sincerely because I'm not sure I want to pay the price Paul paid or the price some of these heroes of faith paid. And, and they didn't even receive a reward here for it. Am I willing to sacrifice for it? I truly believe another radical thought is the heroes of faith didn't start with a huge amount of faith. They agreed to take a step at a time. And every step, they grew closer. Their faith grew stronger. Their faith grew until they were a hero of faith, okay? Hebrews 11, verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please God because everyone who comes must believe that he exists and that the reward, uh, rewards those who earnestly seek him. And Jesus prayed, didn't he pray? I just, his disciples came to him and said, Wow! Wow, we're watching you pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, Jesus. What'd he say? When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, you are holy. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Can you believe that? Right off the top, your will be done, God. We're to pray that daily. I truly believe that we're asked to pray that daily. And guess what? God requires a response. Okay? 
James 2, verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save a person? James 2, 17. So you see, my, my faith itself isn't, is useless unless it produces good deeds. How big is my faith? You know, I want to say, don't tell me how big my faith. Look at what I do. Say my actions. That's what James says. I'll tell you what your faith is. Let me observe what you do. And I'll tell you how big your faith is. And many times when we are, when Jesus reveals it to us, it's bigger than our faith. I think it's every time bigger than our faith. Sometimes really big. A classic is Moses, right? <laughs> he goes, Moses, tell Pharaoh, let a million, two million people go. <laughs> you got to be joking, right? And he finds every excuse in the book why not to do it. He finds an excuse why not to do it. Uh, Henry Blackaby calls this an experience in God, a crisis of faith. I call it a point where we have an opportunity to grow our faith. Are we going to go for it? And I think every hero of faith did that. I am Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, before they were thrown into the furnace, what did they say? He said, King, let it be known. I, I don't care if God saves me or not. All I can tell you is this. We're not going to bow down to anyone but God. Um, I am sure Samson facing an army or Gideon facing an army of people was scared. I tell you, you say, well, David went out there uh, if he was so sure one shot was going to make it, why did he pick up five stones? <laughs> you know? I mean, they were led to a point where it was bigger than they were. But they trusted God. And he will often lead us to a point that's bigger than us. What's the results of doing God's will? Okay, Matthew 12, 50 says, Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, my mother. 1 John 2, 3 to 6 says, We can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar. The truth is not in him. Luke 8, Luke 9, 23. Then he said to the crowd, if anyone wants to follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. Pick it up daily. I want to cover in, in conclusion here. And, and there's so much. We have just touched the surface. There are so many verses that talks about God wanting this relationship with us. He wants to reveal our will, his will to us. We are just reluctant to be obedient and ask for it and make the commitment to do it. There are, there are nine steps for doing God's will. The first one is be humble. It, it doesn't take much 
at least for me, to get on my knees before God and become humble. Have you ever read scripture and got into it where the fact that God just humbles me? You know, read some of these commands that God asks us to do, and I have to humbly come before him and confess. And, and I often say, you are either going to be humbled by God or your enemies. You will be humbled. And I'd rather be humbled by God. Key to is prayer, okay? I, I think the classic prayer is in Gethsemane. Where Jesus goes out, okay? And he prays. He's in anguish. How many... When is the last time you prayed in anguish to God? I often say that in anguish, God hears our cries. He says to his people, you come to me in anguish and I will hear your cries. So if you come to God in anguish, and so Jesus prayed in anguish and what does he say? At least this is what is recorded. He says that, Man, let this cup pass by me. I know what's going to happen. I am not physically, emotionally capable of handling it. But not my will, God. It's yours. I'll do whatever you want. Not what I want. Your will be done. We need to learn to pray that way, don't we? The third key is Follow the light that you have. You know, in Psalms it says, the psalmist says that you, your word is a lamp and a light for my path. You know, what does a lamp do? If you're hiking, do you want to just carry a little lamp with you? You want a flashlight or something, something that shines at the destination. That's what the, not what the Bible says. It's a lamp. God will show us the next step. The next step. He doesn't necessarily shine a spotlight on the end result. He'll show us the next step. And that's all we need is the next step. And my faith will grow when I take that next step. And then don't give up, Okay. It's interesting, even in our D group this morning, we talked about how easy it is to give up. To think, oh God, you're not coming through. Abraham, <laughs> I, you know, you didn't, you're not providing a kid, and so I better take this into my own hands. And, and I'm not a good person for patience, okay? I really am not, okay? I'm afraid to pray for it, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and my kids have inherited that, too, I'm sorry to say. But don't give up. Jesus talked, had two parables that talked about the people that didn't give up. The woman in persistent asking and the friend who comes at night. God hears our persistence. Key number five. Don't be put off by barriers. In doing God's will, you will encounter barriers. Because God doesn't want you doing it. I mean, Satan doesn't want you doing God's will, okay? And so you'll come across barriers or trials of our faith or 
as, as Henry Blackaby says, a crisis of belief. It's bigger than me, God. This, I, I can't handle this. It's bigger than I am. But let me just tell you, we serve a big God, don't we? <laughs> He's bigger than any of these barriers that come our way. Key six, use your mind. We're not to rely on our own understanding, but God gave us a mind. He gave us a heart. And if we ask God, give us the heart that you have. Help me to understand you. We need to love the Lord with all your heart with all your mind, and with all your soul. Okay? Key number seven. Ask a friend. Let me tell you, I love this church. And I love that when, when I need prayer, there are people around me that will pray with me, that will pray for me. All you have to do is ask, Okay? Where, where do you find that? We need each other. And God reveals himself through others. He speaks through others. So don't make friends. Have partners. Have accountability partners. Have people that you can pray with. It is so important. Number eight. I want to skip this one because this is remember God is not in a hurry. I am. <laughs> I'm always in a hurry, okay? I'm not a very patient person. But God's not in a hurry, is he? I, I always say that I want God to hurry up and judge others, my enemies and others. <laughs> but I, don't, I want him to be patient with me, Okay? I have two standards, one for me and one for others. But God is a patient and understanding God. Hebrews 10 verse 36 says, Patient endurance is what you need so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that is promised. Doing God's will patiently, persistently, time again. I hope that all of you pray daily. God, I want fellowship with you. I want this intimate relationship. I want you to reveal your will to me and help me to have the strength, the courage to commit to doing it. Not just hearing it, but doing it. And I know it's going to cost me. You know, Jesus doesn't say, pick up your picnic basket and follow me. He says, pick up your cross. Key nine, trust in God. How do I trust in God with my whole heart? One step at a time. God's going to be a light to my pathway. He will help me choose one step at a time. John 15 14 and 15 says, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves, because if master does not confide in his slaves, now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father has told me. 
Jesus reveals his will for your life. And the question is, am I willing to do it? Am I willing to ask God that I want to have this intimate relationship? I promise to seek you every day. Reveal your, the next step. Not the long-range picture. I know the long-range picture, isn't it? You know? I know that I am going to live with him eternally. But he has a purpose for me today, and that purpose is find out his will. And then roll up your sleeves and go to work. Roll up your sleeves and go to work. I would like to have a little time to gather, and I would like to invite many of you to come and get on your knees at the altar with me here and ask God for that relationship. Ask God's will be done in our lives. And I will close us in a little prayer before our worship team continues to worship today. But please, please come and join me here if you would, please. in heaven holy is your name your will be done father I want to have a close intimate relationship with you I, I, I want to walk and I want to talk to you every day I commit to seeking you in your will daily Open my heart through your Holy Spirit to see you, to understand what the next step is, and then give me the strength and courage to do it in spite of the cost. I know it's going to cost. I want to be your friend. I want to be your brother. I want to be your disciple, Jesus. Because you, you are worth it. You are worth any cost I have to pay. You are worthy. Help me to follow you starting today. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me as we continue to worship God for our praise. All to Jesus I surrender, all to
overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling have you come to the end of yourself do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Leave behind your regrets and mistakes Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar.
supper together and I often thought what was it like before Jesus went out to Gethsemane to pray he was there in a room celebrating the Passover feast they had to be scared because when they came there Thomas said let's go die with Jesus they hated him they were out to get him and the disciples were frightened, okay? And then Jesus breaks bread. And he said, this is my body broken. And I like to lay it in my hand and put my thumb on it and crush it because who broke that? My sin's broken. And I know the disciples, I, I'm confident they didn't understand what he was talking about. But the next day they would see how his body was broken and crushed for them. I will guarantee you the next time they took communion, they had to be crying because it became so real to him what he said. So his body was broken. Take and eat this in remembrance of Jesus. And the same thing is true he took this wine and said, it's a new covenant, but, you know, I, I often think of Jesus' blood. Where did it start to flow? In Gethsemane and agony. And then the spiritual leaders put a crown of thorns on his head. Then he gets whipped, his whole body. I, I often, when I look at a crucifix, I go, that doesn't represent him because I think what was hanging there is a bloody stump of mangled flesh. That's what was hanging there. And and if it weren't enough for what his body went through, the last drop of blood came out when a soldier sticks a spear in his side. So take this in remembrance of the price that Jesus paid for us.
you for coming here friends and I hope this week my prayer is that this week is the best week the closest week that you have had with God enjoy his fellowship enjoy his love for you enjoy God this week thank you